Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's my Yang from Mix in the Dark. I realized that some of my students are Mix in the Dark fans, and they finally figured out that I am my Yang from Mix in the Dark. So what happened was we took a test the other day, um, and for this test, I record my voice reading a passage to them, and when they listened to the recorded passage, they linked that voice to Mix in the Dark. So since then, they've asked me to tell scary stories in the classroom. I haven't yet. Um, I have to figure out appropriate ones that I can tell. So if you have some short, scary stories that are appropriate for kids and appropriate for school, send it my way. With that said, I have a set of odd stories for you. There's one story in here that I do not know the author to, so if you are the author and you're listening and you would like credit, please let me know. This episode is dedicated to my third grade classroom. Please enjoy. Story 1 It was the summer of 2012. My husband and I went to visit my family and decided to sleep over since it was getting late. We slept in the living room. For some reason that night, my husband and I were having a hard time falling asleep, even though it was already past midnight. One hour passed by when I heard my mom coming down the stairs to go to the bathroom. I then heard her go back up to her room after she finished. I was finally starting to doze off until my husband poked me and said, Why did mom go downstairs? I replied, no, I saw mom go back upstairs to her room after using the bathroom. My husband gave me a look and then told me that he saw that too, but then she came back downstairs and went down to the basement. I shrugged. I told him that maybe she's just grabbing her clothes from our laundry area. I turned away, closed my eyes, and fell asleep. Another hour passed. I was awakened by something poking my back. By now, it was almost three in the morning, so I was very tired and annoyed. It was my husband again. I turned to him and he whispered, Do you hear that? I paused to listen, and then shook my head no. Shh, just listen, he continued. It was so quiet. I could hear the dust roll. It was dead silent. I kept listening and could not hear whatever it was that he was hearing. A few minutes passed, and then I heard it. A faint noise. I kept trying to listen to it to see where it was actually coming from, but since the sound was too soft, I couldn't figure it out. It kept going and going. It kept going for about three more times. Finally, it stopped. I whispered to my husband that maybe it was just the AC unit. But he continued to tell me that it has been going on and off every few minutes for the past 30 minutes. I waited for a few minutes to see if this observation was correct. A few minutes passed, and yes, indeed, there was the noise again. There was something to it that just sounded so familiar, but I couldn't figure out where I've heard it. The rhythm was consistent and always on beat. I waited a few minutes to try to see if I could hear it again. Yes, I've heard this rhythm many times, but where? By now, we were wide awake and out of our sleeping area, trying to figure out where that sound was coming from. After listening to what seemed like hours, it finally hit me. I looked at my husband and whispered, That's the sound of funeral drums. 
he looked at me confused. Wait, I thought your nephews don't have drums. I looked at him dead in the eyes and said, they don't. His eyes widened, shocked. We both raced to our sleeping area and covered our ears. We would hear the sound for about a minute, and then it would stop for about three minutes, and then we would hear it again. It kept going like that for who knows how long. I felt that after we figured out that it was the rhythm of funeral drums, it also started to get louder. It got to the point where the drums seemed like it was right in the same room with us. My husband kept poking me every time he heard it, but I ignored him and acted like I was sleeping. I knew he was just going to end up scaring me even more. The next morning, I woke up and saw my mom in the kitchen. I asked my mom if she had gone downstairs yesterday night. She answered yes to use the bathroom. And then I asked her why she went down to the basement. The confused look on her face told me that she never went down to the basement. I told her what happened last night, and she immediately started praying. After she was done, she said, Don't worry, it's nothing. I knew it was not nothing, but I also knew that she would not tell me even if I begged her. I had no answer to the sound that I heard last night. When we got home, I told my in-laws about it. They too looked worried, but proceeded to tell us that it was nothing to worry about. What are these parents not telling us? I was so confused. About two months later, my husband's grandpa passed away. We did the Jean-Mont event for our grandpa. On one of the Jean-Mont nights, we were telling scary stories for fun. I decided to tell my experience of hearing the drums. My sister-in-law looked at me and asked how long ago this experience was. I told her it has been about two months. She then told me that when you hear the dead's funeral drums out of nowhere, it means that someone close to you is going to pass away. Story 2 This is not really a scary story, but rather a strange coincidence. Psychology claims that the human mind tends to link random events together as if they're patterns, but spirituality claims there is synchronicity and everything happens for a reason. Well, my best friend had been recovering from a six years relationship, so we decided to go camping and hiking to keep her mind off things. The camping crew were my friend, my little sister, and myself. Because my friend took too long to prep, it was already dark when we got to the campsite. As soon as I pulled in, I remember having the heebie-jeebies. Something just didn't feel right. I later found out that my little sister had also felt the same type of energy, but kept quiet. Anyways, we set up tent and slept for the night. The next morning, we had to take my tire out. They found something lodged into the tire. It was something white. It almost looked like a bone. I guess my friend kind of freaked out and said for us to go home because it might be an omen. I quickly agreed because, as I mentioned before, I felt an eerie feeling being at that campsite. When we both got back to her place, my little sister and I both confessed that we felt strange about that place. So we did a little research and found that two people had passed away at the location due to a car crash two years prior. Now, this next incident might be a coincidence, but I still felt creeped out. The next day I went to work, I worked the graveyard shift at a pharmacy. I remember having to call the doctor's office to clarify something on a prescription overnight. 
as soon as the other person picked up. I introduced myself, and they seemed confused. The other person was even silent for about a minute before replying that I was actually on the phone with a funeral home. I remember being creeped out, and as soon as I got home, I sprayed sage all over my apartment and car to clear any negative energies that may have followed me home. Nothing else happened after that. Story three. My husband and I lived with his parents, along with some of his brothers and sisters, all in one house. We had the biggest bedroom upstairs with two closets. My husband works the night shift, so he sometimes would not be home until 6 a.m. the next day. During those times, I would sleep alone with our two kids in our room. One night, I kept hearing noises in one of the closets. This happened a lot, actually. It was coming from my husband's closet. It sounded like something dropped in there. He usually has his hunting gear and guns stashed in there, so I thought, oh, maybe his gun just dropped. I opened the closet, and everything looked the same. I closed the closet, and again, I hear a noise from the closet, like something dropped. This time, I did not want to open the closet. I turned on the TV, turned its volume up, and ignored it. There was this one time when my sister-in-law and I were the only ones home. Everyone was out or at work. We both were in the kitchen cooking. We were talking just as usual when we suddenly heard a noise coming from upstairs in my bedroom. It sounded like very heavy footsteps walking around. Wherever it took a step, we also heard the creaking of the wooden floor above us. My sister-in-law and I looked at each other slowly. Suddenly, she took off and ran out the front door. I ran directly behind her. We were so scared and had no plans to check out what may be happening upstairs. This other experience eight years ago with the same house traumatized me, and it still scares me to this very day. My husband and I were getting ready for bed. We decided to watch a movie in our room. Eventually, my husband dozed off, so I was the only one up. I started dozing off after, but I still kept the TV on. All of a sudden, I felt like something touched my right foot. I thought that it was nothing, and I passed it as just me being very tired. I moved my feet around under the blanket, thinking that it may just be part of the blanket. As I wiggled my foot, I felt something sharp. I immediately thought that it may be a mouse or a rat. That house was known for lots of them, and it might have curled around my foot. I wiggled my foot, trying to shake it off. It was then that I realized it was a hand. It grabbed onto my foot, took hold of it, and would not let go, no matter how hard I was shaking my foot. It felt like it had long fingers with very sharp fingernails. At this point, I panicked. I tried to shake my foot free. I never got up to look at what it was because I was too afraid. Then it pulled even harder on my foot and started dragging me off the bed. I grabbed my husband's arm, terrified, yelling, "Help me!" He woke up quickly and grabbed me. All of a sudden, the hand disappeared from my foot. My husband quickly got up to turn on the lights. I was halfway off the bed. We did not see anything or anyone. I was in tears and was hysterical, trying to explain to him that I felt long fingers holding onto my foot and pulling me off the bed. He would not believe me and said that it may have been a mouse or a rat. I asked him how could a mouse or a rat pull me halfway off my bed. 
I saw panic in his eyes as he thought about it. That night, I couldn't sleep. We slept with the TV on again. I made sure my feet were touching my husband's feet and that the blanket was tucked under our feet. I still sleep like that to this day. The next day, we called our church pastor over to pray for me. He told me I'm going to sometimes have incidents because I used to not be a Christian before I married my husband. I was shaman, and I had grandparents who were shamans. The devil will test me, but as long as I have the Lord in my heart, I will be okay. Nothing's happened ever since. A couple of years later, my youngest sister-in-law moved into that room when my husband and I moved out to live on our own. She captured a picture of an African-American man in his mid-40s standing in the room. Story 4 In the summer of 2010, I ended up in Hardinsburg, Kentucky for my grandmother's funeral. During that time, I was in Kentucky for five to six days and spent every night at my aunt's house. For the most part, I didn't really know her, so I didn't even know if she was my aunt. Of the grandchildren, I was one of the oldest and ended up getting babysitting duty for the majority of the time up there. I stayed in a little trailer on top of a hillock along with a bunch of my younger cousins. During the day, everyone would go over to my grandpa's and leave me there with the kids. And then they would come back home for a few hours, put the kids to bed before heading back out to go do whatever they wanted to do. I stayed up pretty late on the last night we were there. The kids were in bed and I had the place to myself for quite a while, so I figured I would go and sit on the porch to enjoy a cigarette. As I walked to the door, there was this god-awful stench. It was a metallic, rotten smell that is really hard to describe. It was just this super gross stench that hit me like a ton of bricks when I got outside. I started gagging and walked down the stairs of the trailer thinking I would get some fresh air off the porch. As I got down, I saw in the moonlight what looked like one of my younger cousins, Aiden. He was just kind of standing there with his back to me a good 50 feet away from the trailer. I yelled out to that little brat that he needed to get back inside or his mom would skin him alive. But he just kept standing there. I kept hollering and walked up to him. As I got closer, I noticed he seemed kind of off. He was standing, but he had his knees bent at weird angles to each other. His head was cocked to the side a little. I tapped on his shoulder. And he turned around. Aiden had this crazy, maniac smile on his face. Sweat was just pouring out of this little guy's forehead. He started shaking. I didn't know what to do. It took me a moment to realize that he wasn't shaking and that he was actually laughing, but with no sounds coming out. I tried to pick him up and carry him inside so that I could take a look at him in some decent light to make sure that he was okay. He must have stepped back as I tried to grab him. I snatched him again, and this time I caught him. He just started screaming in this really freaky, guttural voice that I didn't even know he could make. It just seemed way too deep and gruff for a five-year-old to make. While he was screaming, he was also flailing his arms and legs around. He ended up making contact with my groin, so I dropped him and he ran off towards the trailer. I sat there hunched over for a few moments, getting some air before running up after him. He was gone when I looked up, so I ran inside hoping that he would be waiting for me in the living room. Well, he wasn't, but 
After some looking around, I found him passed out in the top bunk of his bunk bed. I was so confused, but I wasn't going to wake him up, so I decided I would just let his mother know. When my aunt got home a few hours later, I told her about it and she woke Aiden up to ask him about the incident earlier. He had no clue whatsoever what we were talking about, and we ended up just sending him back to bed. My aunt thinks that I must have had some crazy vivid dream and that I made it up. The next morning, while I was loading my stuff into the truck, I smelled that same gross smell again, and I could have sworn I saw Aiden darting underneath the trailer. Had he not walked out to the front door a split second later along with the rest of the family, I would have chased after him. But I just told myself that I was just imagining things and I didn't say anything to my family. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.